So tonight uh, we're going to go through just uh, mostly Purim, Megillus Esther stuff. I figured Pesach time we uh, prepare and go through the Haggadah. So we'll go through some Sukkim ideas on Megillus Esther. But just because it's also, of course, the Parsha this week, we'll start with two ideas on the Parsha. And then we'll transition to uh, some nice stuff on the Megillah and Purim itself. So take a look at page number one. Oh, and if Shlema for um, Daniel Gibber's mother-in-law, Freda Bas Malkasar. So the first one uh, is the Avni Nezer in the very first Pasuk of the Parsha of Tetzavah. So it says in the Pasuk, They would crush the oil, the olive oil, to be used for the mower. So he points out in the Avni Nezer, they would crush it, but they wouldn't grind it. They didn't want there to be any pieces of olive. They wanted to be pure olive oil when it came to using the menorah. So they crushed it, but they wouldn't grind it. After the first drips of oil will come out, then they would take the remaining olive, and then grind the olive to get more Oil, but of course that olive oil, the second round would have some shmarm, some pieces of olives in it. But Shemin this second olive oil, apostle of the menorah, would not be good for the olive, for the menorah, because only Shemin Zayzach, only pure oil would be good enough. However, the second round of oil would be good enough, Kashal Menachos. That's the din. And that's what it means. Kasas Lemaor, the first pressing was good enough for the menorah, the light. That which was trapped or ground from Menachos would not be good enough for the menorah. So he wants to know, Avnezer, why is the first Shemin good for the menorah, and the second Shemin not good for the menorah. Hatam Mahu, what's the reason? He says, or Neiros the menorah, Romans al Torah. We know that the candles of the menorah represents the light of Torah. Well, the Torah, Tzrichen Seichel Nivdal. We have to have a, a unique, a special, a separate type of intellect. Beli Taroves Shapsos, without any types of external things distracting us, distorting the mind. It has to be completely pure. Just like the shemarim, the sediment, the olive, darkens, clouds, the olive oil, so too any types of gashmias uh, in this world will also taint the purity of the intellect. And that's why the menorah, which requires pure knowledge, needs to come from pure oil. Any type of impurity will cloud and darken the, the intellect. For a person to really be zoche in a uh, accomplishments, achievements, and learning, he has to be completely separate from anything physical. Menachos, on the other hand, which comes ba'sherhin balas lekapara. Person brings a mincha when he has to bring a kapara. He did something wrong. Me'at psolas enenu mazekes behem. If there's a little solace inside, it doesn't affect. The kapara will still be accepted. The individual who requires a kapara, he obviously isn't completely pure. He did something wrong. We call solace. Therefore, it's okay. We can tolerate an olive oil with some olives hanging out. That's okay because I'm also, I might have solace in it. And from a kapara standpoint, from uh, that idea of being a chatas, we can accept this secondary type of oil. Solace is tolerated as opposed to when it comes to learning that requires the purest of oil, the purest of minds. Next one is uh, number two, page number two, is the Otzer Chaim. Now, many of Farshim point out that last week's parsha, Chuma, had all the Kalim of the Mishkan. The Menorah, the Mizbeach, the Shulchan, the Arun. This week's parsha, Tetzavah, has all the Begadim. 
the very end of the parsha, we return back. Oh, we missed one uh, the kalim, the mizbech hakatoris, right? The two mizbechos in the base of mikdash. The big, the main mizbech where we brought all the karbanos, and then there was a small mizbech called the mizbech hakatoris, whereby we put all the incense on every single day. That mizbech hakatoris was left out to the end of this week's parsha. It's very much out of order. It's out of place. So Ozer Chaim says, I'll say this outside. He quotes from the Meshiloach from the Ishbitzer. Ishbitzer says there's a special segula for the Mizbech HaKtaris that uh, for wealth. You want to become wealthy, so you're Zoha to the Mizbech HaKtaris. The way it worked was that any Kohanim that already had the Zuchus to do Mizbech HaKtaris in his life, he was not able to be in the lottery, the, the pious, for the Mizbech HaKtaris. He did it once, you're Zoha, you're Yotze, that's it. Only people who haven't yet had a chance have the opportunity because we have to spread the wealth. Give other people a chance at the school. So now, what could very likely happen is that the Kohen gets the uh, Ketaris. He gets to do it. And now his intention is that I'm going to get wealthy. I'm going to make a lot of money right now. So that would be, although it's correct, it wouldn't be the right intention. That shouldn't be the purpose of the Ashiris. The purpose is because it's a mitzvah. The purpose is L'Shem Shemayim. So says the Ishbitzer, we therefore read all about the Begadim, this week's parasha, the Big Day Kuna, which talks about how the Ksones and Mechaperes and Shvichas Damim and the Mechnesayim is Mechaperes on Gilarayas. And the Mitznefes and Mechaperes and Gazeruach and the Abnei Mechaperes and Hiralev, all the different averos. So Big Day Kuna represent a person refining his midos, refining himself, and now he's prepared to bring the Ketaris and realize it's not about the money. So therefore, we have to have the whole introduction of Big Day Kuna. Make yourself better, get rid of all the averos, and now when you bring the Ketaris on the Mizbech Ketaris, we hopefully will have the proper intentions, the pure intentions of not for the Ashiris, which is going to come, but the intention, of course, should be. L'shem Shemayim. So those are the two we have on this week's parsha. Let's move now to page number three, Megillah's Esther. We have six of them. I uh, just come back from Eretz Yisrael this morning. I had a chance to read the Chassam Sofer's parish on Megillah's Esther one way, and Rav Chaim Knevsky's parish on the other way. So I have a compilation of both the Chassam Sofer's parish and Rav Chaim on the Megillah. Okay, so Toas Moshe, number three. He, he uh, says as follows. He asks a question. I'll say this one outside. You can follow inside if you like, but I'll say this outside. Gemara tells us in Megillah Daf Yud Beis Mabez that the Talmidim of Shimbar Yochai asked him, what did Amisa do wrong that they almost got wiped out? Why did we get to such a point, to the last second we were saved, what did we do wrong? So he says, because we were Nehenna from the Suda of Osa Rasha, we enjoyed, we benefited from the Suda of Achashverosh. So asks the Chassam Sover, what was so bad? The worst thing could happen. The worst thing they could have served us was Nevelah and Treif. Now that, that's a good thing. But Nevelah and Treifos, that's at worst a lav. A lav is uh, Malkus. So how come, certainly, why we chayav Misa? Why did Haman, Haman almost destroy us? Where's the chayav Misa from eating Nevelah and Treifah? So he gives two answers. One answer, he says, is the Medrashim say, they also served the Stam Yenam, wine that was touched by a guy. They also served Bishal Akum. Those are both Isurim Midirabanan. Now the Gemara tells us a person who is over on Divrei Sofrim and Divrei Chachamim is Chayid Misa. So it wasn't because the Isser Torah, the Divrei Torah that they violated, eating Nevela and Trefa, but it was the Isser of eating Stam Yenim and drinking Stam Yenim and eating Bishal Akum, those Dinim which are Divrei Sofrim, Dirabanan, that's why they're Chayid Misa. That's one answer. But then he says another answer, maybe this is a different reason. Just take a step back and understand, why was there a Suda? What was Achashverosh celebrating? Why did he have such a Simcha? Because he had a whole Cheshvan, he counted the 70 years. We had Masorah, that Am Yisrael will be in Gullus for 70 years after Bayes Rishon was destroyed, and then we'll build Bayes Shein. And the different kings throughout the years made a uh, mistake in how to calculate the 70 years. They all were wrong. 
Achashverosh finally made a cheshbon. He thought he was certainly right. He said he had it down. Seventy years have expired. By Shani isn't coming. Must be, it's never going to be rebuilt. He took out all the Kalim and Beis Mikdash, all the Big Day Kuna. He started celebrating that the Bayi Shani will not be destroyed. Will not be rebuilt, rather. And Klaisel participated in the Suda. In essence, they were celebrating the eternal destruction of Bayi Shani. That's worthy of Misa. How do you know that's worthy of Misa? By celebrating a delay of building the Beis Mikdash. So he says in the times of David HaMelech, Chazal teach us that there was a Magaifa that took place. Every single day, there were 100 people dying. And that was the reason why David Melech was masaki in 100 brachas, mayor brachas, for the 100 people who died every single day. But why were they die, dying? So the Chassam Sover explains, based on the Chazal, because they did not build the base of Migdash. They had the opportunity to build the base of Migdash. They should have built the base of Migdash. They didn't build the base of Migdash. And because they delayed building the base of Migdash, 100 people died every single day. So you had to therefore bring mayor brachas to stop the Magaifa. And the Chassam Sover says, why 100? Because the height of the base of Mikdash, the Bayes Mishnah was a hundred almost high. So that was why in the times of David, they were dying. And that was the same reason why they were worthy of punishment of death in the times of Esther and Mordechai, because also they were celebrating, if you will, they're participating in a celebration of the delay of the rebuilding of Bayesheni. That's the Chassam Sofer's Peshat. That's what went on. The next thing, if you look at page number four of Chassam Sofer as well, we can read this one inside. It says in the Megillah, you may mishnah v'simcha. The days of partying, days of uh, simcha. Ronan already brought some drinks tonight. It is a free celebration. Sudas Purim, she'achla belayla loyatza. Unfortunately, you're not yotzeh tonight. And certainly the night of Purim as well. You're not yotzeh the mitzvah of suda, eating or drinking. And he wants to give explanation why do we only have the suda during the daytime, why not during the nighttime? Every other yom that we have, we have the meal the nighttime and the daytime. Comes Purim, we only have a mishnah bayom. And he adds, v'yeshomim, you also should not eat meat at nighttime, lest anyone think you're having a real Sudas Purim. Shlo Yomru Sudas Purim. So why not? What's the reason why we don't have a uh, Sud at nighttime, a Purim? So he says, The reason why we're celebrating Purim is not only because we were saved and because of the Geula and the Yeshua and the Nisim. It's also, as we know from the Gemara, it was a Kabbal Satara that we are forced to accept Torah by Harsinai, and here we willingly accept the Torah. And now he elaborates. Kasar Ramban, ki Torah kiblu He says, although we, Kaj Baruch was kafalem he forced us. Ramban says, he only forced us to keep Torah Shabbat Peh. Torah Shabbat we actually accepted Beratzam. It was the Torah Shabbat Peh that he forced upon us. The Ramban writes, ki Torah kiblu We already accepted Beratzam at Harsinai. Rak Torah that was forced upon us. So we have to fix Mesake in the Kabbalah of the Torah Shabbat Peh element. Now he writes further, Yadua, Ki Torah Shabbat Peh Belayla. The Medjish tells us the Torah Shabbat Sav is Bayom, Torah Shabbat Peh is at nighttime. It's brought down in the Alpi Kabbalah that a person should not learn Torah Shabbat Sav at nighttime. You shouldn't learn, you shouldn't do Shai Mikra at nighttime. Many postcoms say you should not do Shai Mikra Belayla. Laila is meant for Torah Shabbat Peh. Daytime is Torah Shabbat Sav. Medjish says, how did Moshe Rabbeinu know when it was night and day, when he's up in Shemaim? Everything was light there. How did he know? So depending what HaKadosh Baruch Hu taught him, that told him what time of day it was. So when he was teaching him Sukkim, ah, oh, must be the daytime. He started teaching him Torah Shabbat Peh, ah, must be nighttime. That's what we know. So he says, Imkain, if that's the case, Yesh Svara, Sheyehei Simchas Purim, Daf If that's the case, we already accepted Torah Shabbat 
a Kabbalah Torah. So now Purim is a celebration of Kabbalah Torah Shabbat Peh, which is nighttime. So shouldn't the Mishnah be Balayla? Why is it Bayom? So the Chassam Tover says, Be'emes, Kishikibul Torah Shabbat And you're right. The Ramban's right. We accepted Torah Shabbat at Matan Torah. But low Torah Shabbat Peh. But you cannot have a Torah Shabbat without Torah Shabbat Peh. You can't have one without the other. So we accepted Torah Shabbat But that was really meaningless. If you don't have the proper parish, you don't have the Gemara, you don't have the Mishnayos, how are you going to have it? He goes on to give an example. In Cain, if the Torah Shabbat Peh wasn't accepted, Gam Torah Shabbat Peh, they didn't have Torah Shabbat how could you understand Pesukim without Torah Shabbat Peh? Kimat Toma, what are you going to say? Nisach HaMayim. Nisach is learned out from Torah Shabbat Peh. There's no mention of pouring water in this Be'ach and Sukkis in the Torah. It's a remez. It's a Torah Shabbat Peh. Lili Kablis, you're telling me the times of Har Sinai, they didn't learn Nisach HaMayim? About Mitzvah Sukkah, Lulav they did have? You're going to have half a Sukkah here? You keep a Sukkah, you have Lulav, but you don't have Nisach HaMayim? You can't have one without the other. V'chi Evshir, L'Kayim Sukkah, V'Lulav, B'li Perish, Torah. You don't know what a lulav is. Uh, how are you going to explain? The psukim tell us what, uh, you know, creates other, but what's a creates other? You need the Gemara to tell us. So therefore he says, Nimsa ef zebeloze. You can't have one without the other. You need both of them. And therefore, even the Kabbalah Torah of Torah Shabbat Sav at Harsinai was inadequate. And therefore, although Torah Shabbat Peh was accepted at Purim, it was really also accepting Torah Shabbat Sav. Torah Shabbat Sav is the Iker. And for that reason, he writes, the Mishnah is Dafka Bayom. Because we're actually really celebrating the Kabbalah's Torah Shabbat Sav in Purim. That's what he explains. You good? Was that a little too hard? Okay, fine. Okay, good. Let's now move to page number five here. The, uh, again, the Chassam Sofer. It's also a long one. Maybe I shouldn't use such long ones today. I'll say this one outside. Which read the top of the first few lines, though. It says, Mordechai Yehudi was the Mishra Melech who was second in command to Achashverosh. Similar to Yosef. Bafil Hachi, even though that was the case, he was that way for two years, as second in command. But after two years, look what happened. What happened to him? After Esther's son, Dayavish, had a shihi was to build the base of Migdash, and Mordechai left everything. He left the kingdom. He left Shushan. And went to Eretz What did he do there in Eretz Says the Chassam Sofer, the Nasim Mamona Al Hakinim. He was in charge of the Kinim, which were the the baskets of birds brought by different uh, people. Uh, Yoledes would have to bring a basket. He was in charge of that. The Mishnah Shkalm tells us, Pischaya Al Kinim. Who is Pischaya? Zem Mordechai. Mordechai was in charge of that. And Tov Lo Hayalolios Gadol Ayudim Mamona Al Kinim Velolios Mishlam El Chras. He'd rather be in charge of that area of the Kabanos than to be second in command to the king. Viratzay. And he was very much loved, beloved amongst his brothers, his friends. Now he says, the Mishnah tells us, A person cannot have a position of authority less than two people. If you want to have control of something, you want to be God by Tzedakah, you mean treasure, it must be two people. It can't be one person by himself. Two people at least. Except a few different people, except Chutz, Mi Ben Achia Shal Choli Ma'ayim he says there are two people, and we'll say Mordechai at the end as well, two people who actually worked by themselves individually. He wants to how come some people got to work by themselves, and some people had to have two people working in, the, in, in their positions of authority. So he says as follows. So if you look at the next paragraph. There are two ways a person could get elected. You get, get elected because the board could elect you, 
the king could elect you, but the Tibur doesn't elect you. That was decided by, you know, the president elects who he wants as part of his cabinet. But the Tibur doesn't necessarily like the guy who's in charge of the Department of Energy, the Department of Health. That's the king's decision. We don't like him, really. And the other way a person could get elected by the Tibur himself. And the Tibur decides it's a different type of uh, election, different, different type of position. So he says, if they get elected by, let's say, the president appoints the Department of Health or Energy, whatever they are, they need two people. Because now they position themselves in a position of authority over the Tibur against their will. You can't do this by yourself. You need two people to do this. But if the Tibur elected a person, then the Tibur likes him already. That's not called Sraro. That's not called authority. They wanted him. They chose him. Therefore, it's enough to have just one person. So look what he writes. Only person who is appointed as a position of authority over a Tibur. Aide Bezdin makes a decision, or the Melech, or a Shiva to the Ha'ir, a board of seven people. The Tibur didn't agree to this. Even though they have the right to decide who's going to be in charge of different uh, uh, positions. They don't need the elections. That's called putting authority over the Tibur. That's where you need Tzarek Shnayim. If the Tibur on themselves decide, we want you to be our king, we want you to be the treasure, we want you to be this for us. And then, we want you. That's not called Tzra. That they decided, they chose. It's enough to have one person. And that's what happened in Mordechai. Mordechai, the Tzibur loved Mordechai when he became, when he came into uh, the base of Migdash. That's what the Patek says. That he was great amongst the Jews. He was very much beloved amongst most of his uh, brothers. And therefore the Mishnah says back in Shkalem that he was the singular Mimuna on the kingdom. He did not have a partner because he wasn't against the will of the Tzibur. They actually chose him because again, he was Ratzoy L'Rova Achiv. Okay, now the next few are just uh, much quicker than the Chassam Sofers. So three inside, and the other ones I couldn't find on the, uh, on the computer to copy them. I'll say two or so outside as well. <coughs> if you look at page number six now, this is time of the crowd. This is the, uh, this is Rav Chaim Pagevsky's parish on the, uh, on Megillah. It says, Lassas Kuras and Ishvish. Each person should do according to his way. Who's Ishvish? Megillah, Dafyu, Bezim, Alf, Kiratsan, Mordechai, Vahaman. Like the, the want, the, the Ratsan of Mordechai, Haman. What's Mordechai and Haman have to do with anything? Perish Rashi, Haim Hayushari Hamashkim Besuda. They were the uh, ones giving out the drinks. They were the waiters. Mordechai and Haman were the ones giving out drinks, wine to everybody. Tema Eich Hiskim Mordechai Liel Sarmashkim. How can Mordechai be the Sarmashkim? It doesn't make any sense. He's the Sarmashkim, Mordechai? He's going to now cause him to stumble? Wasn't he the one himself? His hirum? He was busy yelling at the Jews. Don't go here, guys. This place is crazy. There's a vela, there's treif, there's tam yenam, there's bishalakam. And now suddenly he's serving, he's the waiter for the guys? So this is, uh, this is uh, what a tzaddik does. This is why he wanted to be the tzaddik. So they shouldn't get He didn't want them to go. But after the fact that he saw that they went, he was the only way to save them from the, the, the further Averas. He made sure to keep everything tower. He made sure no one was doing anything to the wine. A guy might throw something in the wine, might trafe it up, might take it, turn into a yai nesech. He threw the fire on the oven. 
to save it. Bishul Akum. We pass Akum. The Kam Ef Shilatzuli Metzilim. They went against his will. They Mamish didn't give him any respect. They all ignored more or uh, ignored Mordechai's calls. I don't care. I'm doing this to save the Jewish people. I'm going to go there. Anyway. I'm going to be a waiter. Mordechai was a waiter for the guys just to save the Jews as best as best as he could. Fine. The next one is Yamlichu Tachas Vashi. It's a very well-known medrash which has a. I saw it this year. It's a sefer. I only saw a picture of it. The sefer called Come Rabba of Shachar Rebzera. That line that Rabba Shachar Rebzera and Purim. There's a whole sefer what that means. Three hundred pages on that sefer. Fine. So there could be another sefer on the following medrash as well. There's probably just as many perushim on what this medrash means. The medrash tells us that Rabbi Kiva was once Haya Yoshev Vidorish. He was giving shear, and Rabbi Kiva was no different than any other magid shear in that people fall asleep in his shear. They began falling asleep. His tummy them. He wanted to wake them up. He says to them, "My Rasa Esther Why was she zocher that she rule over 127 Medinas? She was a great great granddaughter of Sarimenu, and Sarimenu Chaisa Kuf Chavzayin Shana. Sarah lived 127 years, and that was somehow trickled down to Esther that she was zocher to 127 Medinas." And everyone asks, okay, great, the numbers are the same. 127 years, 127 Medinas. But what's the shaykhahs of the Medinas to the years? How do you uh, explain this correlation? So again, there are many, many explanations. But Rechaim says it's very simple, and this is something that Rechaim himself appreciated in his life. He says, Sarkbir, Eich Orim Drushes. How did that wake them up? Where's the inspiration? What was the inspiring words of Sarimenu and uh, Esther Malka? And this is what he says. He was trying to teach them the importance of time. You guys are busy sleeping here. You have an opportunity to learn, to learn together, and you're falling asleep. So you know why Esther was over the 127 years? Because the years, the time that Esther put in, Sheneged Kol Shana Medina. Every year that Sarah Emanuel spent doing what she was doing, davening and all the chesed that she did, she was over to pass on an entire province to her great-great-granddaughter. Because she wasn't just sitting around falling asleep. She was busy doing mitzvahs. If she wasn't doing anything, she wouldn't be worth paying any reward. Obviously, she's doing something good. And you guys are busy here, falling asleep, busy wasting time falling asleep. So you have to know the chashivas asman. That's what he's trying to teach them. Now, Chassam Sofer says, I've shared this in the past, but separately from this, he says this on this medrash, he writes, it wasn't just that she was uh, doing good things with her time. She was also awake day and night. The Takam Bo Laila, it says. The Takam Bo Laila, we say in Eshish Chayel, that it's Hadekis, and talks about Sarimenu, is one of these uh, great Sitkanios. She had a Takam Bo Laila. She was up at night. She had a life by Yom, a life by Laila. A true tzaddik, a person who really appreciates the time, spends the time both awake and even when they're sleeping, doing great things. So the Chassam Sefer says, when it says Shnei Chayesara, which means the years of Chayesara, 127, Shnei also means two. It means Shanam Shel, also means two. She lives two lives. One by Yom, one Balila. And the extra time she put in Balila, that's really what was passed on to eventually to Esther to rule over the 127 years. And that's just really Hashiva's how a person should take advantage, uses time efficiently. Last one in the Marmakomas that I'll share two outside afterwards is the following. It says in the passage with Soma Yamim, and they fasted and they didn't eat and they didn't drink. So it's pretty obvious if they were fasting, of course they didn't eat, of course they didn't drink. So what's the Pasik telling us that al tochul al tishu miyusar. It's extra. The kfar amr They fasted. So if they fasted, that meant they didn't eat and drink. 
Ve'od, im Amr al-Tochel, once it said they didn't eat, gam shibachlal. Whenever you mention the word achila, shia is always implied in the word achila. So why separate achila and shia? So this is a nice chab from Reb Chaim. Ve'eshlomer da kavana al-Tochel matzah marur, al-tishu dalkosos. They didn't eat matzah, they didn't eat marur, they didn't drink dalkosos. Why? Because this event, the first day, is echad shepesach hayab mehem. This is the event that took place on the night of Pesach. And even though it was the night of Pesach, they still held back from eating the matzahs. They held back from eating the marah. They held back from drinking the dalakosos. And that's why he has to emphasize uh, al-tochlu v'al-tishlu. That's what he explains here. And I'll just say two quick outside. I couldn't find them inside. They put in marmakomos as follows. It tells us that when Mordechai, a tzaddik, he had to go fetch the clothing and the horse. For Mordechai, he had to give him a haircut. Chalatzal teaches. Give a haircut. Chaim asks a halacha question. The Gemara of tells us there's an iser to get a haircut from a guy. Not allowed to. Because they could kill a, a Jew while giving a haircut. So how was Mordechai able to get a haircut from a guy? So Chaim says, the Gemara tells us, one of the heterim are, the person is an Adam Chashuv. The person is an Adam Chashuv, so the guy will be scared to kill an Adam Chashuv, and therefore he has protection. And for that reason, he was, uh, he was fine. Because Mordechai, of course, although Haman hated him, at that time, he was still very seen very high in the eyes of Achashverosh, and therefore there's no concern of him being killed. That's uh, one shot. Then another question he asks, another halakha question. It says in the, in the Megillah that when Mordechai was uh, climbing up on the horse, so the Gemara says that Mordechai kicked him. He kicked Mordechai, he kicked Haman rather on the way up. He gave him a little kick and knocked him over. And Haman says, doesn't say, <coughs> um, don't rejoice in the falling of your enemies. So, how could you kick me and uh, watch me fall and be happy? He says, no, that's only true by uh, Yisrael. An enemy that's a Yid, you can't uh, be happy about. But a Goy? Ah. We should trample on all of the Goyim. That's completely embraced, allowed, encouraged. We're allowed to. That's what the Gemara says. Asks Reb Chaim, says, wait a second. We have the Gemara, we have the Chazal teach us. Why don't we say, what? It's Yisrael. It's exactly. Why is there no Halal Gamur? On Shisha Pesach. Shisha Pesach is a separate Yantif. It's Yantif Achron Pesach. It's celebrating Kriyas Yamsuf. Kriyas Yamsuf should deserve a separate Halal, full Halal Shalom. We don't only say Halal Shalom in day one of Pesach. Why don't we say Halal Shalom in day seven? Why not? So the Gemara says, because we can't celebrate the destruction, the falling of the Goyim. Uh, that was referring to Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, we're certainly non Jews. So how could the Gemara Megillah suggest that you're allowed to celebrate the falling of the Goyim? The Chazal tells us you can celebrate the, when the Mitzrayim, they were dying in Yamsuf. What's the difference? So this is what he suggests. He says that maybe the only time you cannot celebrate the Goyim who are falling is when an entire nation is destroyed. Then you cannot celebrate by Mitzrayim. When it comes to individuals, a Yachid, then one would be allowed to. And that's the case of Haman, who was a Yachid only. There he would be able to celebrate. Perhaps another suggestion could also be maybe there's a difference between Mitzrayim and a Malik. Made by a Malik, so we have a mitzvah, we should wipe them out, we should erase them, there you could celebrate. But by Mitzrayim, although they did terrible things to us, that much you can't celebrate. Okay, we'll stop here. Hopefully you have what to say in the Purim. Hopefully uh, in the Suda, hopefully you don't get too drunk. And hopefully something today. Shabbat again. <laughs>